Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas today in the beverage world. You guys are going to love my guest today, Tony Gaines. We were just playing. We just realized we were at the same industry event together this week and had no idea, although we were like within feet of each other. It's hilarious. But um, so excited that he's with us today. We're talking Stewart's Spiked Seltzer. Yum. And I can't even wait for you to hear um, his story and background and what he's doing as a leader there. Uh, Tony, so great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Justin. I appreciate that. Obviously, it's exciting. As, as you know, this industry is is amazing. So, you know, love what we're doing with Stewart's and also Hard Rock on the on the cocktails there as well. So really excited to be back in the beverage business. I love it. Um, Tony's got a significant background in in the beverage space specifically, and lots of experience in the like alcoholic beverage space. So like EJ Gallo, Anheuser-Busch and whatnot. Um, we're going to talk about that part of the industry today, and then we're going to get to... Um, we're going to get to the product, which will be very exciting. But let's do this first, Tony. How about share a little bit about your story, some of the the places you've been, and how that's helped you to get into the role you're in today. Yeah, thanks, Justin. It's uh, I will say to, I'll start with today. Everything I've experienced in my life, and it's very rare this happens. Everything I've experienced in my life has brought me to this role today, which is you know heading a global alcohol company. And I say that because it, when it's alcohol, you have to realize, as you know, there's different laws by state, by country, and it's crazy. Manufacturing's an issue, whether it be bottle, can, so it's just crazy. So my history, if you will, was 20 plus years at the E&J Gallo Winery out of uh, Purdue University, Boiler Up. And we won't, we won't, <laughs> we won't talk, we won't talk St. Pete. I really <laughs> crazy, but uh, yeah. So 20 years at Gallo and I did everything. And that's the great thing about E&J Gallo. They teach you pricing, distributors, legal operations, ordering. And so I moved 13 times with the E&J Gallo winery. Like I said, from running distributors, running regions to near the end I ran national, if you will, national accounts for drug and convenience. And it just was such a great breadth of experience that allowed me to move to Anheuser-Busch where I ran all small format. So a little, what a lot of people don't know in the beer business, a little different than wine, in the beer business, over half the business is done in convenience and drug, small format. It's not grocery. And uh, so I went over to Anheuser-Busch, obviously with the new owners and uh, new system. And, uh, and I ran those. So built a lot of experience on the national stage, dealing with key executives, learning a lot from them, whether it be the financial side of the businesses, how their businesses operate, which was some great experience, which then allowed me to do something a little bit, my first entrepreneurial job, which was a startup e-cig company called Logic Electronic Cigarettes, which you may or may not know, but uh, jumped over there with another gentleman that came from Altria and built that up to 40,000 accounts nationwide. 
different wow. distribution system, right? Because you're now sure. going from three tier to warehouse. And yeah, we no. actually sold that business to Japan Tobacco. So that was my first M&A experience. But I learned not just obviously alcohol and I learned the distribution side and the M&A side of startups. So got a lot wow. of experience there, which was which was amazing. Then went to Advantage uh, Sales and Marketing where I ran small format there, running about $8 billion worth of revenue for the likes. Now it gets really crazy. Where the likes <laughs> of Maytag, GSK. Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, and then I also ran uh, global for military and uh, wow. it would be more alcohol, which gave me my global experience. And then I did another startup manufacturing. We talked about just in the beginning how all my life has led up to where I am today. So I worked at a company down in South Florida running that as CEO, and it was in the manufacturing business creating beverages. So wow. canning, bottling, learning about nutritions. Uh, it, uh, it was a great experience. So now when I sit with suppliers and manufacturers and 3PLs, <laughs> I can talk tolling charges, labeling, shrink wrap, right. code date. <laughs> right. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing that all that experience. And then the, the one thing I, I did is that was great. I'm not a hairnet guy, obviously, from my head. Um, it's a great company. I'm still an owner of that company. But uh, I started my own consulting business. And based on all my experience, it was great. I had a few wow. clients. Yeah, I was helping them build their route to markets, DSD, warehouse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all that was going incredible. And one of the companies I was consulting was Stewart's Enterprises. So it's it's. It's a group of investors out of London, Scotland, and around the world that decided they wanted to be in the beverage business. So they bought Stewart's. Uh, they also entered in an agreement with Hard Rock. So we make all the beverages for Hard Rock. And uh, I was consulting with them. And uh, obviously, they knew my experience. And I was telling them where they were doing you know, things correctly and, and putting their route to market together. And the board just sat down and said, look, Tony, we, we can't manage this out of London. Will you do it? And of course, take a pay cut because something <laughs> was very valuable. Right. Uh, especially, you know, with a few. But to lead a brand, I mean. A know. global brand. And, right. and, that's, and as I'm at the position now where I don't necessarily um, need to be a CEO of a global company financially, uh, but personally, it was exciting, right? So the money wasn't the issue. It was about building brands, building brands around the world in a category that uh, I was, you know, built for out of college. So right, love that man. Yeah, talk about someone that knows the industry. <laughs> for those listening that are like, you know, launching that next new beverage line, man, I, Tony would be a great reference for you, a great resource, um, and has the network, you know, to, you know, who to call for what. Um, Really, really cool. So share with us a bit more about Stewart's. You had been doing work for them, but talk about their product line and what situation was as you got involved about six months ago. Sure. So uh, one of the brands, we'll talk Stewart's, that the company's named after. So Stewart's Enterprises came from what a lot of people know as Stewart's um, non-alcoholic sodas. So root beer, orange cream, black cherry, grape, 
97-year-old iconic brand that has been around 97 years, from shops on the, on the shore to beverages sold around the, around the country. And so sure. we purchased um, the rights to Stewart's, everything but the soda, which is KDP. So Keurig Dr. Yep. Pepper represents the soda brand. The family still owns it. But KDP has a licensing agreement and they sell it around the country. Got it. For us, we own Stewart's label, the brand, um, and we can do whichever we like with it. We're not we're not going to be doing lollipops this week. We can. <laughs> um, but the whole idea is, especially right now, with sodas being so prevalent in alcohol. And then you look at, you know, Coke. Pepsi getting into the business, Mountain Dew getting into the business. So what better way to have a trade-up brand than right. stewards, right? People people want to trade up. They don't, you know, I'll just say two buck Chuck so I don't have to say the name. Um, people want to trade up. They want to drink better. And so why not have an iconic brand with a history of just better product, better tasting and so we came out with Stewart's and uh, Stewart's seltzer, because seltzer, as you know, was the darling of the world last year. Totally. And Absolutely I want to make one comment on that, right? It's everyone's like, oh, seltzers, it's overplayed. It's still like 8% of the business. So it's still selling a lot. So it's billions of dollars. Now, obviously, a lot of brand proliferation, that's there. It's going to happen. Uh, it'll weed out. Ours is doing incredible. So we're happy with where we're at because we're a trade up. We're not a true fruity seltzer. We're flavor. But one, sure. thing, but one thing that happened, and, and I'm probably going off script for you here. Jeff. No, I love one it. Thing. There's no script, man. This is our script. <laughs> Perfect. One thing that was exciting is we started working with an extremely large chain out of Bentonville, Arkansas. <laughs> I, I might know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so it was exciting. And the buyer there wanted something unique, different, flavorful. Because as you know, there's a major beer company that came out with a soda seltzer. Yes. Um, but so, you know, this company knows their consumer. They know what's happening. They know what the future is going to be. And they actually came to us and said, hey, I want you to make a full flavored soda. Right. Okay. Wow. What do you mean? Just they for said, them? <laughs> no, obviously that's illegal. Uh, <laughs> right. but, uh, but what we did was develop it in unison, and they were going, going to obviously give us distribution. So we put together root beer, black cherry, orange cream, and their choice, key lime. Hmm. Um, interesting. It was key lime is interesting, but it's a full flavor four and a half to five and a half ABV, 300 calorie to 370 calorie beverage in a 16 ounce four pack. And uh, we actually launched it, launched it this week. And those, wow. So, oh, that's very cool. Yeah. That's, that's very awesome. large Congrats. retailer. And yeah, uh, very large retailer with many, many stores, <laughs> Texas, Texas, Florida, and then another retailer out of Boise, Idaho. You probably heard of them too. Yeah, I know them as well. Um, yep. So actually, I saw Vivek last week. He's such an amazing man. Uh, but uh, anyway, so we're Colorado. We're in those store grocery chain. 
Sure. And uh, yeah. And then last week when I was in Florida, when we were together, uh, 7 yep. Florida, I, I can say them. Joe, Joe, yep. Joe's <laughs> That's a right. um, so they're putting it in. And then, uh, yeah, we just uh, we just heard that Total Wine as well is uh, going to be featuring it. So wow, that's um, awesome! And then Go Puff, but yeah, it's exciting because it's a true soda, and it's probably not the right thing to say, but I will. You cannot taste any hint of alcohol. Wow! When you have the black cherry, you just go back in time and it's flavor. Like, oh my, it's full flavor, and if you're like, wow, I could that's drink this cool. all day. Or at least until they, you know, I pass out. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, luckily I have another beverage called Bounce Back that'll help with that. But uh, oh, Nice. <laughs> like yeah. that on both sides. Uh, <laughs> so for that those was Stewart's. And then that's the other great. piece was Hard Rock. So obviously Hard Rock, an amazing company. Been around over no doubt. years. A brand everybody long. knows, right? Everybody yes, knows it's Rock. the number one selling t-shirt. They're obviously around the world with their casinos and cafes. And so we have a licensing agreement to make their products. So we did hard rock seltzers last year uh, in the classical flavors, right? Mojito, as you can imagine, is, is amazing. Hurricane. So we did the seltzers. Um, that was doing extremely well. Volume per outlet is doing great. Top five seltzer. But ready to drink cocktails are where the industry is going, right? So no doubt. Spirit no doubt. based. And so we came out with uh, three iconic flavors. We call them the M's, Mojito. I'll say Mule because I'm not allowed to say the first word. Um, and Margarita. Right. Mule. Uh, I'll have a Mule. Right. I'll have a Mule. Uh, and, and in fact, what's funny is our our global launch, we're doing uh, Ginger Mule. So oh, wow. We, okay. Yeah, we killed, cool. we killed the other M word and we're going to call it. We thought about Freedom Mule, but uh, we thought the Freedom Fries would be a little rough against them. Right. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we launched, we actually launched this week uh, the uh, Ready to Drink Cocktails. And wow. uh, we're in, oh, we're going to be in 21 states with that in the next probably 30 days, 45 days. And, Got it. And so that launched, yeah. And obviously that's awesome. a few other things, but that's that's sure. hard rock. Hard rock announced on their own social last week. Um, and we're gonna be working with them on the F1. They have a hotel launch in New York, which we'll you know obviously be part of, and that sponsorship. You know, they're just they're an incredible company. They do yeah. a really good job, and they're they're going down that path of trying to get the millennial inside the right, the hotels and casinos. Cause it's an experience just like the totally. beverages. It's an experience. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, like in Vegas, yeah. Vegas as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and amazingly we have a 19 to 10% alcohol classic hard rock flavor coming out in May. So it's, it's really designed that convenience shopper 19 to 10% alcohol. So if, if you remember the days in new Orleans, when you'd go get a hurricane, it's about the same kick. Yeah, I do. I like a good hurricane, by the way. I still like it when I go down there. Um, Pat O'Brien's. Um, so <laughs> when, you, when you come into you come into this role six months ago, CEO, you've got a lot of background in the space. Anything need to be fixed, or was it? Hey, let's just keep the momentum going. What did it look like? Uh, luckily, I came in. It, it's it's going to sound a little bit different, but I came in with a great staff, just not a lot of knowledge. So the okay. people people were good, but they came from the non alcoholic space. 
Got it. And, and the one thing about the U.S. that the listeners that have started alcohol businesses probably have learned, and those that have not, you need to learn pretty fast. The U.S. is different, right? There's over 1,500 individual state laws. It's a three-tier system, typically. And you'll find in alcohol, everyone says typically because there's some states that are different. Some states you can own your own wholesaler. Some states you can distribute. But in general, in the U.S., three-tier, you have to know the laws. You have to know pricing. You have to know right where you can discount. Obviously, there's no slotting, et cetera. So to understand U.S. alcohol, you have to grow up in it. You really do. Otherwise, it's a two- to three-year learning curve. And that's what happened before I came in. They, they hired some amazing people with beverage backgrounds, but sure. not alcohol backgrounds. So, it. you know, they're, you know, thinking DSD van systems in Florida and right against the law. So finding a distributor and, and all that was difficult for them. So sure. with my background with Gallo and AB, uh, we're lining up with um, either Miller, uh, Gallo, Budweiser uh, houses typically. Sure. Obviously, you know, distributors can sell a lot of brands, but, you know, like Breakthrough Florida, Gallo Distributor, Breakthrough Arizona, Gallo Distributor, Budweiser houses in Tennessee, um, Empire in Georgia, right? These are absolutely more, you know, beer. Absolutely. Yep. Um, pretty exciting, fun to grow brand again. Um, and, you know, in launching multiple brands, give us a perspective. You've mentioned RTD cocktails, you mentioned seltzer um, and soda. How are those three segments doing in the beverage space? Our audience, some of them are in beverage, some of them are in food, but give our audience just a sense for where these um, subcategories are. Sure. I'll hit the biggest one first. The most exciting is spirit-based, ready-to-drink cocktails is up 168%. So that's where the consumer's trading into. Alcohol level's basically the same. It's just what it's made with, right? So it's made with vodka, which if you look up the word vodka, it's water. It can be made with anything. It'd be wine, malt, doesn't matter, right? That's vodka Got based. it. Not to give people a hint on on when you see vodka, um, but uh, spirit-based gin, tequila. Tequila is on fire right now. So we we do tequila-based drinks, rum-based drinks, gin, and uh, vodka-based drinks as well. And then uh, that's, that's what's on fire. Seltzers, multi-pack is the big key. Um, pricing is competitive. And I'll say that it's not very profitable for a manufacturer. So if you're thinking about getting in the seltzer business, probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> and I only I only say that if you're in, it's great. If you're in distribution, it's great. Right. But because there's such a proliferation at that point, it becomes a pricing game. Sure. And and unless you're producing at you know ten cents a can uh, in tolling and et cetera, oh, buying your own sugar brew, really tough. Your own sugar brew profitability that, is yeah, is the cost down. of goods is just not there. Yeah, it's not, and can, it's hard to get cans. So yep, on that side, that side's exciting, uh, but it's still a large category. People are still consuming it. We're coming into the summer. It's still a large category, and then the other categories that are growing are just spirit based in general. 
um, which will be your 20, 25% AB, ABV mixed cocktails in a can or a bottle, which sure. we're going down that path as well. And another exciting one that's up triple digits that we will have later this summer to give you a little heads up yeah. is, is mocktails. Ooh, here we so, go. Yeah, 0.0, not, not non-alk, to be clear, okay. right? Non-alk has a little alcohol, has to be sold, right? Obviously, has to be sold to 21 and above. But sure. mock, mocktails are 0.0 and just taste like a margarita. Taste like oh, okay. Like it just doesn't literally doesn't have any alcohol in it. Um, over the past three to four years, the flavor houses have done an amazing job. As, as you remember before, tasting a non-alcoholic product, you're like, why would someone drink this? It's horrific. Now we can match product to the T. I can match, wow. let's just say I can match a 25-year-old scotch uh, with GNS or just basic alcohol and flavoring. And it wow. would never know the difference from the oak <laughs> aging to the pea, everything. It's uh it's 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 gotten pretty exciting. Wow, that's really cool and and helpful just to help understand. You know, again, not our not everyone in our audience is in the beverage space. So, um, okay, so you got a lot of of activity happening very quickly here. As you look at the next um, twelve to eighteen months, you think about you know you know levers for growth. What does that look like for you? Is it other brands? Is it you know like you mentioned the mocktails? Is it new markets, new channels, new distribution, you know outlets? What does that look like? Sure. That's, that's a great point. So first I'll discuss markets. So for us, what's exciting, I actually, now this month, I head over to uh, Ireland, England, and Spain uh, this month because we're launching globally, obviously with Very the cool. rock brand in the hotels. So opening markets like Greece, Australia, Asia, all of Asia, all of Europe, that's big growth. The difference between, say, the U.S. and these markets is some of them are a little bit behind. So now we're on the forefront rather than being in the middle. So launching our RTDs and seltzers in Greece is an example. We are it. So right. we're, we're leading that. <laughs> That's um, cool. Poland, we're leading it. Switzerland, kind of leading it. Uh, U.K., a little bit different. They're a little bit more developed. Uh, Australia, Believe it or not, more developed on the RTD category, uh, but Hard Rock obviously has a history there, so that's going to be exciting. So that market, sure, is a big part of our growth. Canada, Mexico—that's that's typical in North America. And then in the U.S., it's expanding. So I call it the spoken wheel, and I've consulted with this a lot. You know, obviously pick your hub for us. Sure, you know, obviously New York. Uh, yep, and then. Then you start expanding from there. So when we launched the Ready to Drinks, it was in seven states. And then we'll be at 22 by the end of the year. Next year, we'll we'll expand that to roughly about 37. And then 24, uh, we will do the flyover states, as, as we call them in the alcohol industry. And I Absolutely. think we all know what those are. Um, right. <laughs> and then distributor network. Uh, so as we go into each of those states and partnerships, like, you know, I told you whether it be a Johnson Brothers or a Breakthrough, right, it's partnerships that work uh, for us. Luckily, with our brands, and, and I'll give this hint to a lot of startups, distributors can say no. Even if you have a, even if you have a retailer, they can say no. 
So getting a partner is important. And it's not as easy as just, hey, I'm going to go launch in Arizona. And guess what? I'll just go talk to somebody and we'll get in. It's not that simple. So sure. you, you have to have the relationships and That's so the key. right support. Right. So key. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, flipping over to the marketing side of things, uh, like, like any new brand, how do you build trial and awareness with the consumer? What's your approach around that? That's that's great. So we're doing a few th different things. So awareness, obviously, social media is big key. Uh, one of the things that we have with stewards is we are the official sponsor of Spikeball, which Stewart spiked. So, of course. <laughs> so of course obviously, so the spike of the day, et cetera. So their social media, the kits, and it's like the millennial game. It's, you know, cornhole of our generation, right? So, or even if we're older bowling of our generation, right? Where they started wearing the sponsor shirts. Um, now it's spike ball. Now I would break a hip if I tried to play, but uh, everyone's playing it around the world. And there's global tournaments, college tournaments, U.S. nationals, and being the official sponsor at all those events, we have tastings. So totally. you're able to taste it there, trial, see it, see it there. And the one thing we're doing with the Stewart Spike Soda now that we're working with Spike Ball is we're going to be the treat. So if you've never had a root beer float with alcohol, you you know please try the Stewart Spike Soda and ice cream, nice vanilla oh. ice cream, and you. You'll be in heaven. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and an orange sherbet. So think about orange sherbet with the orange cream. So we're going yep. to be doing that at those events as well. We also have a van uh, that's going to be going around to the different colleges and festivals. So Very cool. we're going to be working with a, a company that does 350 festivals with their products around the country. So that'll be that side as well as, right, it's all it's all encompassing. We're going to be doing wet or dry demos in mm. retail. So in that large chain out of Arkansas, we will <laughs> we will start our demos mid-April and run them and you know keep running them. Wow. And then the the other piece, which is exciting, is what a lot of people don't know, they think they think on-premise is huge. They really do. They think it's oh my God, everyone drinks on-premise. If you look at the sheer volume, it's not. And just a lot of people just don't know know that because when they go to the bar or whatever, they see people drinking. But totally. literally, that's you know a few hours a night, and it's ten people drinking one item. So you're selling ten cans, twenty cans. You're not selling twenty cases. Right. So it's a no little doubt. bit different. But one thing you can use with on premise is a marketing tool, and that's what we're doing. So we will be doing drink nights all up and down the Jersey Shore. To give you an example, we'll be doing the sidebars. Uh, and then I will spend marketing funds, if you will, on premise for trial. And that's, you know, well, it's a term used and I won't say who, who coined it, but it's called liquid to lips, right? You get the trial <laughs> and <Right. laughs> um, that's key for us. So we will do, it. we will do drink nights, bar nights, festivals. Uh, we're doing Rockville uh, this May in um, Florida. And that brings 170,000 people to it. Wow. And we will, we'll be the featured. The big presence um, event. We yeah. did the same thing at Super Bowl. So we did the Babes and Ballers party for a party launch. And then we did the Maxim party launch. And then right. uh, Hard Rock 
hotels, casinos, if you will, will be serving our products at all their pools, all their hotels and casinos. So that'll get trial there as well. Totally. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Pretty exciting. Um, you guys have got a lot going on. We, we got to have you back on down the road. I mean, like I said, you, you're just like first year and you got so much activity and, and momentum going. I'd love to have you back on like in, in you know, year two, do a little update for us. Um, yeah, less hair. Sure. I'll have less. Hair. I, <laughs> I love it. We literally, both of us were at this, um, one of the biggest CBG events of the year, Food Marketing Institute, their executive summit this week. And it was just amazing um, conversations and, and and learnings and and engagement across brands and major retailers. So fun, and I I just missed you there somehow. But um, you know, I, well before we go, one thing I wanted to ask you about. One thing we talked about a lot this week, and you know this is just supply chain disruption. How is that playing out for you guys? You mentioned can shortages. Are, are you having challenges, or are you guys? Um, what, what does that look like for you guys? Well, and again, one of the one of the great things about relationships uh, in the U.S. it's a relationship industry. It is uh, whether it be retail, wholesale, and manufacturing. And you know, lucky, luckily, in my thirty years for us, I've been able to build relationships. So whether it comes to cans, um, there's a small company called 3G uh, that's owned by the E&J Gala Winery that is their other side of the business, they're vertically integrated that I have a relationship with. So can supply there, 3PL supply, um, labels, same thing. Juice, we, we, we have been able to work a few different partnerships, whether it be in California, there's a, there's a great manufacturer there. Um, Indiana, we have a great manufacturer there. Wisconsin, we have a manufacturer there that we work with, very tight with. Uh, and and the industry, right? So even even things like a PBR and the relationships there uh, that I've had over the years, Paul Chibes, the CEO, there's a good friend. You just reach out and hey, I need a hand, and all of a sudden you get a contact and you you get it. Um, right, and it, it's amazing tough. how it works. Yeah, it, it is it's all about relationships. Hand. I mean, it really is a relationship industry. Yeah, in terms of solving I, challenges and. Yeah, I have 7 million cans sitting in, in a building in Indiana, you know, we needed it. So right. you uh, you get the supplies, you understand it. And the, the big key, though, that everyone needs to understand from concept to bottle, if you will, is not six weeks, it's six months. Right. And so takes um, time. Yes. Yes. It takes <laughs> and then just because you get it into bottle slash can doesn't mean it's right. going to sell or be on a retail shelf, right? You got to have the, the access and distribution. And, um, and the legal approval, right? So totally. Yes. TV I'll go back. That's right. Licensing and taxes. It's it, a lot to it. Yeah. If you don't know, I mean, it, it can take, you know, West Virginia took us eight months to get a, a just, you know, license. It's wow. not like you just, Hey, I'm going to sell in West Virginia today. Right, right. It doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Tony, so great having you on. Share with our um, listeners where they can find you by product, you know, locate product, etc. Sure. Uh, well, you look at GoPuff, Stewart Spike Seltzer, uh, Hard Rock Seltzer. Those are two of the two of the websites. Stewart's Enterprise Inc. You know, LinkedIn is you know for me Tony <laughs> Always good. Yeah, if you want to, you want to hit me on LinkedIn. 
I, uh, you know, happy to respond, happy to help out. The one thing that I've learned in this industry is um, you get what you give. So no doubt, man. I totally to agree. It's it's like karma. So yeah. great having you on. Tony Gaines, CEO of Stewart's Enterprises, Inc. Uh, look forward to having you back on, man. And uh, great connecting again this week. All right. Thanks, Justin. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.